Welcome to the What the Elwood Podcast, the podcast that's all about Longwood athletics. Players, coaches, staff, who knows? The goal is to bring Longwood closer to you straight from the source. I'm Sam Hovan, your host. Thanks for joining us. We're getting stronger today in episode nine. Thanks to our guests, Tyler Wren and Courtney Tabron, the two are strength coaches for the men's and women's basketball teams, and they're here to give us an inside look from the strength training point of view. We talk about the different goals they have for weightlifting, as well as how to move your big toe alone and why that matters, and how they stay up to date in the ever-changing world of strength and conditioning. One note, we recorded this on Wednesday, October 30th. Away we go. We want to say thank you to Tyler Wren and Courtney Tabron for joining us here on the What the Elwood podcast. I know you guys are really busy, especially with basketball starting up, so thanks for taking a couple minutes for, for stopping by. Appreciate it. Thanks for having us. No. I wanted to start, you guys are both handling basketball this year. So, Tyler, you've got men's basketball. Courtney, you've got women's basketball. What's one thing you focused on for our teams when they lift? I mean, our our biggest thing this year, this hasn't necessarily been during the lift, but as a whole has just been put on size. We've been trying to get bigger since the middle, the beginning of this summer when the guys came back. Um, size for them, so we've been emphasizing that it's eat, you know, post-lift, it's eat post-practice. We're requiring breakfast right now, so the guys are getting up in the morning. I know that's a struggle for some guys, but it, it's a part of it. Like, if you you have to be conscious about what you're doing, so putting on the size, and then effort, focus, and intensity have been the three biggest things. What about you guys, Courtney? So, for us, uh, it's all about strength. Um, so, since we have so many newcomers and freshmen, uh, just getting a good foundation of, of just having strength um, is a big part of what we do. Um, we have obviously our upperclassmen that are you know already strong, already powerful. They've already been through you know three or four years of being in the weight room in the collegiate setting. Um, so just kind of establishing a good foundation of strength for them, um, specifically when it comes to the lift. Um, just like Tyler said, it, it's it's been coming along like they've been improving week by week um, and block by block. So that's been something that we've been focused on specifically with that. But you know again the energy, the effort. Um, as, as Coach says, the pursuit of excellence has been something we've been striving for, um, and that comes in with, with lifting. So. And, and so this has all been stuff you guys have been doing in the off-season. Does the focus change a little bit during the season? I'm assuming you're not just trying to straight g- gain mass in the middle of basketball season. No, I mean, it's we want to maintain as much as we can of a, a, the size that we're putting on now. And I'd equate it to if you're trying to run a marathon, it's going to be hard to put weight on. And that's essentially what we're getting ready to do. We're getting ready to run a marathon from now till the middle of March. Um, so maintaining what we're doing as far as the weight goes, but staying healthy now. Like we're, we're in the point now where games start next week. We need to be as healthy as we can going into this thing. And whether that's through different recovery methods, making sure our sleep's on point, working with our athletic trainer, Carly, to make sure we're squared away on that end. Um, really pushing that stuff is kind of where it's focusing right now. Does it change how you lift? Do you do different exercises sometimes when you're more recovery or maintenance focused as opposed to get big? Yeah, I think uh, specifically with what I have a vision for the season going is we can still make strength gains. I don't think we you know, have to put off, oh, we can't get stronger in season. I think we definitely can, especially with the, all the newcomers and the freshmen. Like They can still make strides, but I think focusing um, specifically on being maintaining our power output, so make sure that we're still – um, doing what we want to do on the court. So um, if they're, you know, seeing more fatigue or they're seeing like, oh, I can't, I can't jump, like I, I feel like I can't do anything, then I know that I can kind of adjust there. But as, as far as like power stuff, strength stuff, we're still going to kind of hone in on that. 
like Tyler said, recovery is a huge part in season. So we'll probably take some things out that aren't as necessary um, for in season just to make sure that we're getting what we need um, with as little that we have to do. So we don't want to just take a bunch of exercises and throw in there for no reason. Um, we're trying to get the biggest bang out of our buck for every exercise that we put in. For sure. oh, go ahead. I think one thing that kind of gets looked at and like, oh, we're going in season where we're going to have to change everything. I think we're going to do a lot of the same stuff. I just think we're going to modify how we're applying it. Now, we, we're still going to squat and we're still going to bench and we're still going to do lots of chin-ups and all that fun stuff, but we might just do less weight and move it a heck of a lot quicker and, and make our emphasis shift a little bit, but still use some of the same modalities to get there. So the, in, the intensity stays the same, it's just a different approach to it. Right. I love how you, you, you can tell you're a strength coach. You say chin-ups and all that fun stuff. I, personally, I don't know how fun squats are when you're really getting after. Well, that's funny. You take someone, our 6'10", 6'11 guys, how far do they have to go to get to the bottom of a squat? Now, and you look at someone, um, Juan Munoz, for example, six foot tall in basketball you're, shoes. I say that's <laughs> six foot. We'll, we'll give it a thumbs up to that one. In basketball shoes, but it's one of those things. Like It's a lot harder for those guys to get down. It's a lot more work. And they didn't come here to squat. They came here to play basketball. I get that. But let's make it as much fun as we can while we're in there. Are there a lot of encouragement going on for them? A lot of encouragement. But they get after it. You know, they have some fun with it. You put some challenges on it. We did it with the music one day. We basically, if we were focused on every rep, intensity was high, communication was high, you either won or you lost the set. If you won the set, we turned the stereo up. If you lost the set, we turned the volume back down. We had a couple really good sets. Needless to say, the music went up and the guys got after it. Do you guys have the same kind of games you play on the women's side? Ooh, I don't. I don't think so. I think. I think if that were the case, they'd they'd uh, try to throw me out of the, the weight room. But um, I think with the same challenges, definitely in mind. Like I definitely challenge them every time they come in there. Like we have to talk. We have to touch. That's what I'm big on. If if we're talking and we're touching, we're we're high fiving. Um, we're connected, um, and so it encourages people to do more than just stay in their bubble, but to get outside themselves, and that's where the energy comes in, that's when the effort comes in, and um, that's when you have a great lift. So. A lot of times people think strength coach, and, and I know the goal is to get bigger, but you have to remember, it's basketball. We're not looking for, for football defensive tackle big, or somebody who's going to be power lifter, or you know, the, the power lifting competitions. We're, we're not looking for that. Strongest man in the world is not what we're going for, so when you're when you're looking for muscle gain and stuff like that, what specifically are you, are you aiming for? I know you and I had kind of talked about it. I think it kind of depends on the group you're working with. We're working with basketball. I mean, you look at Kevin Durant and the combine test. It's 185 for reps and didn't get any. But you're going to tell me Durant's not a good basketball player? Like, <laughs> I would beg to differ. Um, so depending on what our guys need, if we just need to get a little bit bigger, we're going to get a little bit bigger, but I, I've also got to keep in mind that when we're here working on getting bigger, we've also got stuff going on on the court. So it's not just one or the other. It's a matter of balancing, you know, what's going on in the weight room, what's going on in the court. In the summer, we've got a lot less stress from the classes, which is a good thing. We're still taking classes, but not nearly as many credits. So managing that stress, but as far as, you know, what do they need for that sport, it's going to depend on position and what type of style you're playing. I think as a coaching staff, how you're going to run it will dictate some of that as well. Do you have to worry about kind of the, the quickness and agility aspect of that as well? I mean, for, for me, I think as much time as they spend on court, the, the high intensity like sprints, agility, quickness, reaction, they're getting so much out of that in one drill 
me taking 10 minutes out of a lift time to do that would probably not add any significant benefits. So um, when I look at that, I think, okay, they're getting so much of that in practice, two and a half, three hours on court. When they're with me, like, let's do some <coughs> stuff that they're not getting on court. What are they not getting and what can I expose them to in the limited amount of time that I have with them that will make some kind of gains that will benefit them on court? This is a position as well that has changed drastically in however long strength coaches have been around. W what do you guys do to help stay up to date with the latest, not the latest and greatest trends necessarily, but how do you, how do you focus on learning in the midst of leading all the workouts? Because th we'll say this, we're talking about basketball, but basketball is not your only sport. You each have m multiple other things you take care of. So how do you stay up to date? I, mean, I think some of it is just reading in general. I mean, we're, we've all got something that we're working on in some facet or another, whether it's, you know, professional development within team settings, how are you going to build a team culture, how's it going to be, you know, if you're looking at different stuff from a research side of strength and conditioning, sets, reps, exercises, that type of stuff. Reading is one. I mean, we're constantly talking to other people, whether at different universities, hey, what are you doing, what have you seen? Um, they'd probably, I'd say, be the biggest two, I mean, for myself at least. Yeah. I mean, I, I try to – at least uh, a couple of days out of the week, plug into our podcast, um, try to at least get two per week. Um, so I, when I'm sitting there, you know, programming or thinking of new ideas, I'm still like listening to um, different uh, other professionals and what they've done. Um, so that's one big way. And then uh, honestly, like, I know it's weird, but Instagram for me is my continuing ed. So I follow tons of great coaches um, and, and other strength and conditioning programs. Um, so they have so much content. Um, it's, it's changed drastically for, for me as, as far as like, oh, that's interesting. I wonder why they did that. Okay, I'm just going to – I can direct message them. I can email them. I can call them because they have all that information on their social media. And so that's a way for me to stay up to date is just looking at different videos, uh, information that they post, and then calling them or emailing them and then kind of getting more in-depth with that. What's an exercise you've picked up or something you've picked up off Instagram that you're like, oh, I can totally use that right now? Ooh, let's see. Let's see. What do I – what am I doing now? Well, uh, so Vernon Griffith, Griffith uh, he actually has a lot on the hip. Um, and so I actually incorporate a lot of um, hip cars into my programming. So we have a progression um, where they're doing some type of hip cars and then they kind of get a little bit of strengthening as they're kind of being more mobile and flexible within that joint. Um, and I've like, I've never, I never did it in my, when I played. So learning that and then kind of seeing what he explains why this is good for athletes, every athlete to be able to move throughout that hip and then strengthen at the same time. Um, I apply a lot of that in my programs. I think all of my teams are actually doing something um, along those lines that I've kind of learned from him online. We'll have to ask a really dumb question. What's a hip car? Hip car. Uh, so basically, um, for well, my definition of a hip car is basically when you're on the ground, you're in a 90-90 position, so your knees are a 90-degree angle. Um, your chest is upright, and then you're basically rotating uh, over, I guess you're rotating your hips over, and then you're going to go into a 99-degree angle. Both your, both your knees are still in a 90-degree angle, and then you're switching over a switching side. So basically the only joint that's really moving is your hips. Um, your knees are st staying locked in place, your feet are drilling to the ground, and you're just kind of doing like a windshield wiper. Uh, if you imagine your, your knees and your legs doing a windshield wiper uh, kind of exercise on the ground. So it's just kind of loosening up um, and trying to m make sure that we can get some movement in the hip um, and get some some 
I guess, some rotation in there than you typically would other, other or get otherwise on core or in another lift. So Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and Tyler, what about you? What's something you've kind of seen shift over? I guess you started here at Longwood in the fall of 2015. So five years now, what's something that you've kind of seen shift over that time? Just in general. Mm -hmm. um, and then a specific one, too. Well, I mean, I think for one, I mean, we're, we're progressing now. We've been in Division One for what? A little over 10 years now. Mm -hmm. um, so progressing in that fact, which is great, um, both as an alum and someone working in athletics here, it's great to see that progress. We've seen success with softball, basketball, starting to build some steam, that kind of thing, and moving in the right direction, and that's been huge. Um, specific for me, just progression in general with everything that we're seeing. Uh, people ask me what I like about what I do or why I do what I do, and it's simply progress. Like you take a kid that's never – weight trained before in their life and they struggle with the chin up and by the end of the year they're doing you know four or five on their own you can't argue with progress that's hard to, to beat um, so seeing them build a little bit of confidence in the weight room and, and progress that um, that's always good working with student athletes what's a lift that would people would say that's surprising that a basketball player has to do that I mean people think of lifting they you know they think squats and bench press and stuff like that I know you're talking about hip cars. I wouldn't necessarily associate <laughs> that with a basketball movement. I think it's a lot of the smaller, finer things. I mean, w one thing that I've really done a lot more and looked into quite a bit this summer was foot mechanics and how the feet work. You think about how long these people are in their basketball shoes and on court, and when they're not in those, they're in Adidas slots. Like it, it, that's what it's going to be. It's basketball shoes or Adidas slides. Um, even in a foot of snow. Even in a foot of snow. And they'll just pull their socks up and tuck their pants inside. Um, but how are we going to get our foot to work a little bit better? So if that's just, you know, being able to move our big toe on our own command, not just because we're moving our whole foot, but making the small stuff in the foot work and then working up the chain from there. I mean, I think that's, yeah, we squat, yeah, we do the big stuff. But I think it's the small things that fill in the cracks between – the squat and the bench and the rows and everything else that we're doing that, that I think, you know, starts to build the robustness of what you're trying to do. What about for yeah. you, Courtney? Uh, I think I, I agree 100%. So I'm, I did a lot of research uh, on just like, just feet. Uh, I know that sounds really weird, but I, so I tore my Achilles tendon last December. And so I was like, wow, that is weird. Why did I do that? Like, I've been a soccer player. Like, that's so weird. I felt strong. So then it was like, well, it's probably something to do with your feet. I dealt with plantar fasciitis. So I just kind of went down this rabbit hole of like feet. Like, um, you know, just like Tyler said, moving your, your big toe. I went home. I couldn't move my big toe. Like, I, my mind and body connection was totally off. And I was like, this is, something's wrong here. You know, if like, if I can't move my big toe when I want to, then who knows like what else is going on, on my feet that I don't even realize is going on. So with the women, we have once a week, we take our shoes off, we walk, we do different things where we're doing toes only or no toes on the ground and we're doing heel to toe, toe to heel, just trying to uh, work um, just that the feet and, and the toes and trying to get them to move in other other ways that they won't ever get with being in a basketball shoe, like Tyler said, or being in slides. Like, the only time they're out of their shoes is probably when they go to bed. Maybe. <laughs> you would hope. <laughs> so, yeah, feet is just, yeah, something that I harp on as well. That's, that's really interesting. I'm sitting here trying to move my big toe <laughs> in my shoe. <laughs> let's, let's, uh, let's do some fun little questions. So who has the, who has the best vertical on the team? Uh, 
Well, we had we did two. We did a standing and we did an approach. An approach is running. So Jay Sean won both of those. Uh, thirty six and a half standing and forty six running. Thirty six and a half. So three feet standing. Standing. Just standing there, you can jump. Three Jumps feet high as you can. Yep. Three and a, three feet and a half inch. <laughs> and then yeah. forty six inches is almost four feet. Yeah, coming up on four feet. So I mean, you put that perspective. That's you know, top of the box on the backboard. That kind of thing. You can throw down from up there. <laughs> yeah, for, for us, uh, Dana has both as well. Standing, she had 28, and then approach was 34 and a half, so she's getting up there. Was there somebody on the team that surprised you when you looked at them and said, oh, you're stronger than I thought you were when we started lifting? I mean, some people just, they look, you know, you, right. you've got somebody who's really cut or things like that, but yeah. then there's somebody who you're like, oh, you moved a little more weight than I would have expected when you mm -hmm. first came in. I think it depends on the lift and it depends on the day. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like our 6'10", 6'11", guys, bench, it's a long way from the bottom to the top. Mm -hmm. It's a long way from the bottom to the top. But then you get some other guys. But you get, uh, I'll say, Jordan Centron. I mean, yeah, he's a big dude. He's got long arms. But he's got the biggest bench on the team. Really? Yeah. So, I mean, I mean we're seeing improvement in it, but it's, you know, He's made progress. Guys have bought into what we're trying to do. When we move some heavy weight, especially on bench, they'll get jacked up. Squats, you know, it's a, it's a little more teasing. And they're like, hey, let's get this thing moving today. But, um, I mean, we had three guys this year that hit a pretty hefty number on squats. And it's, you know, they were front of the pack for what that was. Uh, Shibuti, Deshaun, and, and Sean got after it. Um, they were on the same rack. They had a really good session, hit some big numbers that day. Well, what did they hit, do you know? Uh, I think 335 for three. So, you're not a one rep max, but get in, move some weight. And those guys, like you said, they're basketball players. They're not power lifters. <laughs> <laughs> mm, let's see. For me, I think what sur surprised me the most is probably Ann. Ann is a freshman, and she's on a rack with a junior, and she's moving the same weight, just as fast, just as efficiently. Um, so, that's exciting for me because it's like she's a freshman. So, so much more time ahead. Um, she, yeah, strong upper body and lower body, same thing. It's just, she's just an athlete and she, she's been able to gain some weight and pack on some muscle. So she's, she's looking better. She's feeling better. Um, she looks as strong as she, she is. So, yeah. What about on the, on the student, student athlete enhancement staff, the, the strength coaches? Do you guys ever have competitions and, and lift with each other? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, again, depends on the lift. You got to know what you're doing when you go in there. You know who you're going up against. Know where you stack, and then you know if you got a chance to take the lead, you, you strike a little bit. You I, take the lead. I've, I've been in there when you guys have deadlifted before, and I want to tell you, I feel like a wimp every time. So who who's the deadlift champ? I'll toss it up to Rick. Okay. I'll toss it up to Rick. Um, he he's got everybody beat right now. Um, but actually, we talked about this yesterday. I don't want to let him forget. Uh, CJ did outpull him. Um, when we were at Robert Morris that one time. So that did happen. Rick has been beaten. It just doesn't happen often. <laughs> and, and you're in on this too, right, Courtney? Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to stay in there with them. Obviously, they can pull, squat, push, everything heavier than me. But I try, to, I try to push it. And they challenge me in different ways. So I'm in there. I'm in there. It's just a little bit less than what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> no shame in that. It's no more than I can do. No shame. <laughs> but the effort's the same. That's right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> What uh, what's the best music to, to listen to when you lift? What, do, what what are the teams like first? What do they like to listen to mm -hmm. if they're allowed to listen to music? 
Let's see. I think it depends on the team. Yeah. Uh, Hoops. Drake. Drake. <laughs> Drake. <laughs> For us, I don't know. We've had one of our best lists to R&B. Okay. And I, I just, I don't understand it. Because it's I, like, you're talking about love and <laughs> soft, and they had one of their best lifts. So I was like, I'll, I guess we'll keep it. I don't know. For them. <laughs> Yeah. So, so you would not lift best to R and B, Courtney? Uh, I mean, I can lift to anything. Like I could lift to Silence if I had to. It's just I didn't expect like a team. Normally teams want to get get amped up and they want to listen to the newest, you know, hip hop R, you know, R and B music. But they had like throwbacks of R and B, and I was I was confused. But I let I let it go since they had one of their best lifts. So. <laughs> Baseball did an absolutely silent lift one day. Really? Like, no music, no verbal communication. I was even like, I would sign to them the movement, sign to them sets and reps, and they got after it. They completely bought into it. I don't know what brought, I think one of the uh, baseball coaches said no music today. So we went no music, and then the guys were absolutely silent. And we did it, and honestly, it was one of my favorite lifts to date, huh. just because of the way they bought into it and got after it for an absolutely silent lift. It was great. <laughs> what do you lift? What do you lift to? Depends on the day. Really? I mean, some days I'll go in and it's classical just because I don't need to get amped up and stay amped up for 12 hours a day every single day. <laughs> so you got like that. That can be a relief at some point just to tone it down a little bit. So like v Vivaldi's, you know, four, four seasons, like that kind of classical? Chopin. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'll go with. Or, you know, just some big movie scores like the Batman soundtrack, Ooh. something like that. It's got the big ups and downs, but mm -hmm. it's... Lord of the Rings. It, either one. <laughs> yeah. Pirates of the Caribbean is a pretty good one, too. That's true. That's got a good soundtrack. <laughs> well, last question. Why do you want to do this? Why do you want to watch people work out? What made you, what made you get into this? Mm. <clears throat> so, for me, uh, the way that... Uh, I guess my interaction with my strength coach, or strength coaches, I... I had four throughout my college career, which is a lot of people were like, oh, that's terrible. You know, you didn't get really, you know, one more than one year. But I think it was awesome because I got to see four different strength coaches and four different cultures that they try to establish in the weight room. Um, and having that relationship with them, they challenged me um, and helped me more than I could ever imagine outside of the weight room. Um, just like going in there, having it be kind of like my, I don't know, my, an hour away from everything. It was uh, awesome for me uh, just to see that they could have such an impact on my life, um, but only got to see me three times a week. Um, so I, it was huge for me, and I, I was like, <clears throat> I, I love you know the weight room. I loved everything about it. And I'm like, I can do this for a living? Like, that is insane. you know. And at first I was like, I don't see any women. But then I had one woman that came in there, and she was a strength coach, and I was like, perfect. That's awesome. That's all I need to see, um, just to see – like the relationships that we build with the student athletes is the biggest thing for me. Um, this is the most crucial part of their lives where they make the biggest decisions um, with what they want to do with the rest of their lives and just helping them along the way through your experiences or through your, you know, friends or teammates experiences that you saw, um, helping them with that could really change the trajectory of, of their career or their lives. So I think it's amazing the relationships and the impact that we have on their lives. So that's, that's why I do it. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, uh, at Longwood, we have to do an internship in undergrad, and I did mine in Richmond at a private sector place. And the thing was winding down, and the coach was like, you know, 
you do a pretty good job with this. You'd, you'd be pretty good at this. Why don't you look into that a little bit? And, you know, and that was going into my senior year. So then you're trying to figure out, all right, well, what do I actually want to do? And that always stuck with me. Like, you'd be pretty good at it. And I enjoyed coaching athletes, whether it be in the private sector, it was middle school through semi-pro. Like, you see the full gamut. Um, but getting a little bit more specialized in collegiate setting, like the athletes have something that, that they're working towards. They have a common goal. You're not dealing with the, uh, I'm coming to train because mom and dad want me to be good at so-and-so. Like they, they have a purpose. Um, and if they've got a goal that they can drive for and if I can help them in any way and see progress in that, that's rewarding. So get to see them progress um, in the weight room, on the court, and then hopefully ultimately achieve those goals um, that they've set for themselves, whether that be on the court or in life, um, getting a degree, helping them throughout, you know, the four years when they're here, you come in as a freshman and it's, you get one of two things. Oh man, I'm away from home. I can get away with anything to, oh man, I'm away from home and I don't know how to cook anything. Um, <laughs> so helping them bridge that gap um, has been the most rewarding part for me and it's probably why, why I do what I do. Awesome. Thank you guys for coming on. I can't believe it. Basketball season's here. Next week, yeah. man. It's here. <laughs> yep. Promise. We appreciate you guys' time. Thanks, Sam. I appreciate, appreciate it. it. Thanks. Thanks again to Tyler and Courtney for stopping by and helping us get an inside look at what our student-athletes have to do in the weight room. Check out past episodes of What the Elwood at longwoodlancers.com in the Fan Zone section under Podcasts. If you want Longwood Athletics videos, subscribe to Longwood U Lancers on YouTube. Of course, Longwood Athletics is verified on Twitter. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll catch you next time on the What the Elwood podcast.